Today on Rooted Daily, we talk about how you are a priest and a minister, even if that's not the career you put on your resume. Welcome to Rooted Daily, the podcast where in 10 minutes or less each day, we root you in the Bible so you can grow with God, you can weather the storms of life, and you can bear fruit. I'm Brandon Levy, and today we're talking about who you have to become when you say that Jesus is the Lord over your life. Now, Jesus calls us to service, but sometimes we get frustrated when we're trying to serve God. Sometimes our circumstances seem too difficult, or we don't have enough resources, or no one seems to be willing to help us, and we'll continue to be frustrated with God's command that we serve until we understand two things. First, we need to understand who we are. And second, we need to understand why we do what we do. And Peter, in his first epistle, he answers these questions for us. He says in 1 Peter 2.5, coming to him as a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious, you also as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And in 1 Peter 2, 9, a few verses later, he says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, you and I, we are priests of God. Back in the Old Testament, a priest had a very important and distinguished role in society. They were the ones interceding between men and God. They led the worship of the Lord. They taught the people from the scriptures. Their robes were different than others, and only they could hold uh, the holy things like incense and and sacrifices and the, the furniture of the tabernacle. And not just anyone could become a priest. You had to be born of the tribe of Levi. So this was a distinctive group of people. And now Peter tells us that we are a holy priesthood, a a royal priesthood. Jesus is our high priest and we're born again in his line. We were set apart, made holy for a priesthood when we were saved. And now because we are priests of God, we have a privilege to handle the holy things of God. You know, because of Christ. I can now be a priest and I can directly talk to God in prayer. I can touch and I can partake in the Lord's Supper. I can baptize others. I can know and I can teach the gospel to the whole world. I don't need and you don't need anyone other than Jesus to intercede for you before God. No one can bring you close to him except for you. No one can write your relationship with Christ other than you. I certainly can't do it. And anyone who claims they can for you is lying. That's what Peter meant when he wrote that you and I are a royal and a holy priesthood. He's saying that that's who we are. That is my identity now. And when I really understand that, when I understand that is the core of who I'm supposed to be, I won't get so frustrated with the service he expects from me. I'll understand that I am a priest with all the privileges and all the responsibility. But secondly, not only do I need to understand who I am when I become a Christian, but I also need to know why I do what I do. You see, it's not just a misunderstanding of our role in a holy priesthood. That's, uh, there's another deeper reason people have difficulties with their service to God. And it's not a theological debate. It's just a practical one. You know, think about that word holy that Peter uses. What does it mean? 
He tells us, he says, live like a foreigner. Give up your previous definitions of success. Pick up your cross and follow Christ. It requires more than just knowing a lot or doing a lot. Anyone can read this book and come out the other end and be no better off if they aren't willing to be holy. And since we're all priests, then we should all be striving for holiness. Ephesians 4.11 tells me uh, my job as an evangelist is to, you know, he gave himself some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And this is why he says it for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Notice, Paul did not write. So Christ gave himself the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to accept the financial support of the body of Christ so they could do the work of the church and attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. He didn't say that only a select few were going to be priests and they were going to devote their lives to God. Christ said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. He says that in Luke 8. You know, we can gain the whole world and it will be meaningless if we don't give our lives wholly to Christ. When a person was a priest in the Old Testament, it meant they had a job to do. Everyone was responsible for something. It may not have been a, a big flashy job, standing out uh, in front of the nation or, or handling the sacrifices. That was for Aaron's family specifically. But the other Levites, they still had work to do. You know, Numbers 4 tells us the Kohathites took care of the furniture in the tabernacle. The Gershonites cared for the, the coverings and the curtains. The Mirrorites cared for the poles, the ropes, the bases, and the crossbars. Everyone had a responsibility. Every priest served God. And the same is true for us. We can't expect preachers to do the work of all the priests or elders or deacons or teachers or anyone else. We cannot outsource our work. And here's why. John writes in 1 John 3, 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. We do what we do because Jesus did not outsource his service. No one stood in his place. Instead, he hung where we belonged and took the punishment of death so we don't have to. And so John says, if we know him, then we have to do the same. We have to be willing to lay down our lives for one another. I think when we really grasp that, the other forms of ministry that we're called to start to make more sense. When we think we've given God everything we've got, he tells us to keep on giving even to the point of death because our lives are living sacrifices to him. That is our identity and it's at the core of everything we do. As Peter writes, when you become a Christian, then you are a part of a people who have received mercy. And you have a role in a royal priesthood, the holy nation, and you are God's special possession. Remember that identity. And remember 
We do what we do because Christ offered that identity to us. That'll do it for this episode of Rooted Daily, and I'm looking forward to sitting down and studying God's Word with you next time. Thank you so much for stopping for this episode of Rooted Daily. It is so important to take a few minutes to root ourselves in Christ and in his word, and I'm so glad you did it with us today. If you think it's important that others hear this good news, make sure to hit the share button and subscribe to the podcast on your favorite app, whether that's YouTube or Facebook. It helps us reach more and more people with the message of Jesus every day. Most importantly, if you're ready to take the next step, repent, be baptized, and hand over your life to Christ, shoot me an email to brandon at rooteddaily.com right now.